Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 45, the show where we answer all of life's kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine. And I'm your co-host, Miss Mimi. Miss Mimi, how have you been? My foot still really freaking hurts. Oh no. Yeah, you know, it's taken its time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I figured out why, but it sucks like hell. Yeah. You did so... get your car back, though, and that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I've only, like, um, I only, like, brought it to the dealership on Monday, so. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, an absolute shit show, you know? Because I, <laughs> I called, um, I don't know, two weeks ago? And it says, listen, I got to get this repair done, and I got to rotate my tires. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Which they're still in my car. I really need to get those back into the house. Um, I'm like, okay. And they're like, we're going to send you over to the parts people. Talk to them. Make sure they have everything. Easy peasy. You're booked in. So I call the guy. And I'm like, okay, we need to do this and this and this. And he's like, okay, no worries. I got the parts. You're sure? You have the, your, this is the model. This is it. You're sure you have the parts? Yep, I'll be ready. Okay. So then I go in bring the car and says so like what kind of like time limit are we looking should i wait and i look over the waiting room it's friggin' full mm-hmm. so like yeah we'll, we'll shuttle you home and then uh we'll, we'll we'll come pick you up and i'm like okay whatever it'll be like three four hours probably i have the whole day off not a big deal so they call me several hours later and they're like so <clears throat> we're missing a part of course I, uh, what? Naturally. Okay, so what are we doing? Well, we gotta order the part, and we'll get it done tomorrow. Okay. So I wait next day. Then they call me again, and they're like, "Okay, so we got the part." But this time, one of the other parts we have is actually the wrong part. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is just replacing the motor on the rear windshield wiper of my car, right? Like, this is... Yeah, it's not like you're getting some sort of, like, cataclysmic change. Like, you know, replacing all the goddamn uh, springs on my fucking front suspension or something. Yeah. So, they finally get their shit together and get it fixed today. So I'm really glad that, you know, I pay attention and do my due diligence because I go to pick up my car. I freaking look in the back and this is what they did to my windshield wiper. Like it's in live chat now, but look at it. What the fuck? What what is this shit? So I go, I go back in and I'm like, guys, you've had my car for three days. What are you doing? Oh, well, I probably just got bumped in something in the car wash here. Just bring it in. We'll fix it right now. I fucking hope so. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, for those listening in at home, which you can join in the live show by joining our Discord, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the windshield wiper 
is facing uh, down. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's slanted down about 30 degrees. Like it's, where it's, it's not bent about. To yeah, it's bent about 25 degrees past the threshold of the window. So like every t I tried running it a couple times and it would go click, click, oh. and then it just, and I'm like, no, 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 no. And that just, just adds icing to the cake where like a month ago when I had a repair done and I actually got this issue diagnosed, they're like, oh yeah, the wiper is not covered under warranty. So, um, you're going to have to pay labor for that diagnostic. I'm like, okay, whatever. I thought it was covered under warranty, but okay. So then I think about it. And I'm like, wait, the, I called in March and they told me it was covered under warranty. Why is it not covered now? So I go back in and I says, listen, this is what's going on. You guys need to check this again. And they're like, oh no, it's definitely covered under warranty. Son of a bitch. So I told them, I'm like, listen, like what the hell? I paid $72 for labor that I shouldn't have had to pay for. And now I'm here a month later getting something fixed that should have been fixed a month ago. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out for you. Don't I? Yeah, you will. <laughs> so I didn't pay anything. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Oh my God. It's been a hassle and a half, but I think barring like replacing a light bulb myself or replacing a windshield wiper myself, I think all my repairs are done. That's good. That's good. Oh. Uh, my week has not been anywhere near as eventful as it usually goes. Um, however, last week, uh, some um, awesome, something amazing happened in me and daddy's personal life is uh, I finally got collared. And that's like... Yay, me. I'm finally, I, I finally have my permanent collar on. Thank you, Jamie. Um, locked to my neck for, for five ever. And I could not be happy. Let's see if I can like jingle it into the mic. I'm not sure if that's going to pick up, but I couldn't be happier. I'm, I, I'm like beyond words thrilled. So we filmed the whole ceremony. Oh, excuse me. First you on the episode. Uh, we filmed the whole thing. It's going out to a couple like really, really close friends of ours. And we were just like so excited. And what's even better is that it's lightweight. I can sleep in it. I can bathe in it. No problem. And it's just I love it. Uh, I posted pics of that on my Twitter and in Discord if you want to see. But yeah, that, that's what I've been up to. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, Miss Mimi, before we get into the show and talk more about colors, we have a Patreon. Yeah. 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 We, we have one of those. We do. I just stifle another yawn <laughs> because it's late o'clock and usually I'm not this bad. Okay. So our Patreon is the single best way to support the ongoing production of the show. And we really appreciate everyone's help. Uh, we had a couple new people and a ton of people uh, up their pledges. So that's awesome. Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, in the $1 vanilla tier, which gets you a username shout out, is Damia, FluffyNate, Phil258, Raystar, and Tone Cluster. Uh, welcome aboard. Thanks for joining us. In the $5 Kingster tier, which gets you a username shout out and then some nude photos of me once a month, we have AB Michael, Brya, Casa, Juicebox, Maxi, and Skywalker. 
in the $10 fetishist tier, which gets you everything below with an extended shout out up to one <coughs> sentence, plus a lewd, nude video of me once a month. We have Ishii, who says, eat the rich. Sarah, who says, whispers, beer pants. And Scotia, in the $15 fetishist tier, which gets you everything below including uh, some director's rights in on the uh, monthly porn. Uh, we have Daddy Gray who writes, Baby Jazzy is officially a colored princess, and I love her very much. That's very sweet. Uh, and Kaneko who writes, Shoutouts to ABU for the diaper restock after I spent the, the past long weekend in a constant state of sog and mush. And in the $20 deviant tier, which gets you every, everything below, including uh, your name written on me for all the porn. We have Big C, Jamie Bell, who writes, uh, shout out to my partners for being both bratty and needy bottoms and Joe. And I almost forgot. Lest I forget. Uh, we also have uh, soup in the $15 uh, center tier. I am so sorry I forgot to write you into the notes. That is that. Uh, before we get into the questions, we had a couple people ask about the significance of BDSM callers. And why that's a big thing. And I was thinking maybe we could take like 10 minutes or so before we get into the show proper and we can just uh, go over that. That's a big topic. <laughs> it is a big topic. And I think like it might be a good thing to do like a full episode on. But since it's like so fresh, I was thinking maybe we could do like a brief overview or something. Yeah. What do you think? I'm game. Do you want to start or shall I? Uh, you can. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm going to break this down into like caller 101 kind of deal. Mm -hmm. There's basically two, um, I'm going to say like, <clears throat> I'm not going to touch too, too much on like, material <coughs> pardon me like you can get collars of all kinds of materials you can get rubber you can get latex you can get leather you can get metal you like the list goes on and i think it's important to caveat the whole conversation is that a collar doesn't have to be a physical collar mm -hmm. um some people uh for instance don't really like or do well say with things around their neck like for me, um, I'm not a huge fan. Like I can tolerate, but like for me as an example, I'm not a like enormous fan of things around my wrist. That's why I never wear like a wristwatch or any kind of bracelet jewelry or anything like that. Cause it just, it, it bothers me. So like is a sensory thing for me, but I know some folks that have a hard time with things around their neck because of like claustrophobia or some other things that they don't feel like it's, it's great. So I just want to preface all of that, that a collar is largely about meaning, not about a physical collar to start. Mm -hmm. um, in all of the learning experience expertise that I have, I am acutely aware of basically six major types of collars. And each type of collar has like a very different meaning to it. So the first one um, would be a play collar, which is a collar that you can be, you know, 
taken out, put away, used for scenes. It's it's literally what the name implies. It is for play. It is for fun. It is that's it. You take it out. You do what you need to do. You do what you want to do. You can wear them extended times, one scene at a time, whatever. But they don't really hold much more significance beyond the established boundaries of the play that you were using them for. Which so is like, important to note. They can stand up to the play, too. Exactly. So, like, you know, if, uh, let's say, me and, uh, you know, a person go to um, an event. We have a, an event at the, the local dungeon that I go to called... Uh, Master's Manor, we have the Goddess Party, but like, let's say I go with somebody that is going to be my submissive for the evening. So for that evening, I may give them a play caller so that it's a message that sends it to other people, but also a message for them. Like, there's a lot going on there, but it is strictly based within the parameters of what we have discussed. Um, that would be, I would classify that as like, column a if you will because it's not necessarily always tied to a relationship um you can or a dynamic uh in the strictest sense because you can do that with a play partner you can do that with a dynamic but like it's 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 limited if you will um it's just it's very confined the other one um as we're starting to move across the spectrum to uh like more permanent collars like the one you have i would move over to a protection collar which is again exactly what it sounds like protection collars like we all have heard the term you know being under somebody's protection or you know it's typically it's somebody who has maybe not somebody that owns them or that is you know their dominant but it's somebody that looks out for them. It's somebody they trust. It's somebody they rely on. Um, they being the submissive in this case, um, like somebody you can go to at a party or, you know, it's a protection caller. Um, it helps people not be creeps to you when you're at a play party. Exactly. It lets you largely be left alone by creepy people, but also gives you the freedom of, kind of exploring and doing what you want to do. Um, you know, it's, it is a symbol that while the dominant is not necessarily their owner, but they do take responsibility for that person and their protection and their safety. So it's still, it's still very important, but it's like, you know, it's, it's um, not necessarily as serious as some of the callers I'm going to get to on my way down the spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, the next one that I would go into. So we've all we've all probably heard. And if you haven't heard of it, I'm going to explain it um, being under somebody's consideration. So in like the. You hear about it less in the age play ABDL type worlds. But in the stricter BDSM sense, being under somebody's consideration is kind of like a trial run. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you're you're under their consideration to see how things go between you, how you click, how you feel, how you like 
trying out the dynamic between you to see what what you think of it and kind of figure out what you want to do with it. It may end up that the consideration ends there. You may move forward into like a more um, uh, like serious situation. But a, um, a consideration caller is strictly that. It is a caller that is given to you by your potential dominant that symbolizes that they are considering you as their submissive. And it progresses through that kind of setup. So you're, you're effectively their submissive under the terms and understanding that you're kind of on a sliding scale to see where things go. And that's all discussed and consensual and, and prearranged between the two, you know, the, the uh, parties involved. But um, that's what that caller means. And it's kind of like that first step towards um, the heavier duty stuff. Um, Training callers, which is what I would call basically the next step in the line, is when things are more kind of past consideration, you are their submissive, you are their partner, and the training caller symbolizes that you're in basically the phase of where the kind of molding of relationships happen. Now, these kinds of callers, training callers, happen to be typically worn by some of the, I'm going to say, like harder uh, types of relationships. Like you see it a lot in like, master slave type relationships because there's you know a lot of kinks surrounding things like submissive training slave training that kind of stuff you see it less in the sort of softer side of things um when you move over to like the age play type area like it's still all within that you know melting pot of bdsm but training callers are also valid, like 100% valid and totally okay in, you know, CGL relationships and that. Absolutely, 1,000%. It's it's just one of those things that you see a little bit less. You'll see it a lot more in things like master-slave or uh, on the inverse mistress and submissive or whatever the case may be. You see it kind of in that very um, almost more like protocol-based and higher protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Basically, like you go through your steps of training and that it's that training caller symbolizes your position and your um, basically where you are in that journey with your dominant. Um, And then the last two that I'm aware of, I kind of put them. um, um. kind of on the same level only just slightly different and it's permanent callers and day callers oftentimes now see here's the thing day callers can classify in every single one of the previously named categories except play callers in some situations play callers often get a lot more abused <laughs> than most other callers just because of what they are because they're play callers 
a lot of play callers will be denser or um, serve specific purposes. A day caller in its essence is that symbolic nature of a caller. Like I know a lot of folks who have like a really fancy um, necklace that they wear as their day caller. It's a symbology for the submissive and the dominant that represents a meaning between the two of them, but it isn't maybe necessarily something that's going to be really overt. Like I have a, a friend who is military and she, she can't go around as much as she would love to wear, you know, the eternity collar that she wears at home. She can't wear that to work. However, she can wear her necklace and the necklace that they bought together is one that they have di distinguished as their day collar that she wears any time that she cannot wear the eternity collar that she has. So it serves a very specific meaning and it maintains that power balance and that feeling of connection with your partner at all times. And that's why I put it kind of like on the same level as permanent collar is because a lot of times people don't take their day collars off like me. So it's very uh, symbolic and it's very important. Now I, I'm going to mention that what I talk about in my final splurge of information um, with permanent callers also largely applies to day callers. So we, it's really important that that be noted. But permanent callers, these are the callers that go on and don't come off. These are the callers that are the most serious, the most dedicated. In the BDSM world, it's basically a wedding ring. Mm -hmm. And it should be looked at as such. And that's the thing. Like, you. When I talk to people about safety and about vetting and stuff, if somebody, you know, ask. When you talk about vetting, ask what their idea about collaring is. And if they're the kind of person that wants to jump into collaring like a permanent collar super soon, to me, that raises red flags because it feels like to me they don't understand or they're negligent to the serious commitment and significance of that collar. And that's how you see a lot of people get hurt. And it's how you see a lot of abusive situations start. I'm not saying that's all situations because there have, you know, I know, you know, there are situations that collar quickly that end fine. But to me, it comes up as a red flag. Now, permanent collars, Lord, um, they come in all shapes and sizes. I've seen, you know, eternity collars, which are straight metal bands. I've seen more decorative metal bands. I've seen, I, I follow somebody on FetLife whose collar is straight up just like tightly wound rope with D-rings and a lock on it. Oh, that's cute. Um, like it's a collar is 100% what you make it, but it's all about the meaning behind it. And that's why I take, you know, you should take collars very seriously because it's not just the meaning for you. If you go to a public BDSM setting, you don't want to be fucking around with collars unless you you understand the significance of what that collar is. Because 
it doesn't just send a message between yourself and your dominant. That sends a message to literally everybody in your vicinity who knows that it's a caller and it will influence how they behave around you. Or should. Or should behave around you. Right. So it's really important to keep those things in mind and be aware of their their meaning. Um, uh, but thanks for coming to my TED Talk. That's uh, Callers 101 with Miss Mimi. I have Callers 102 prepped for and ready for another time. But, uh, <laughs> well, um, this is your cliffhanger, and you'll have to wait for the next episode. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that was actually perfect. Um, I'm really happy that you said that uh, permanent collars are more or less effectively uh, wedding rings. And that's exactly how Daddy and I looked at it. Um, the collar that I have right now is the culmination of two years of near constant uh, training in a protocol and non-protocol sense. And um, what I see a lot as, um, as we know, ABDL and CGL in particular, DDLG are extremely mainstream right now. And there's a lot of new blood coming into the BDSM community as a result. And what I'm seeing is that there's a lot of uh, people younger than me getting into the scene and older than me for that matter, but a lot of fresh blood coming into the scene who don't really have all of the data and experience yet that you and I do. And they don't know, or maybe they do know that collars are effectively like, like the one that I'm wearing are effectively like wedding bands and they can very quickly wind up in abusive situations. And there's been a ton of, of these quote unquote daddy doms, these fake uh, doms on Instagram and on YouTube, especially that have been exposed as abusers and it is like a huge, like almost epidemic in our in our BDSM community right now are these like creepy fucking dudes who don't know. First of all, how to be a dom and be responsible collaring and just pretty much anything about our community. So th there's my soapbox <laughs> for the evening. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, <clears throat> problematic doms and predatory doms, both um, male and female identified. And I think, I don't remember. I, I, yeah, I don't remember if you've done a show about vetting, um, but that might be something we should consider talking about vetting and safety and red flags and such, because that's super important given the topics that we talk about. I'm going to mark that um, in my notes literally right now. That said, you know, we'll talk about safety. We'll talk about that, but go with, you know, the advice that I would give on that to start is just don't jump into anything too quickly, you know? Um, there's a lot of stuff that we'll talk about with that. But uh, that said, I mean, uh, the problem with predatory dominance is that they prey on 
people who are still very fresh to the community. And the problem with that, and it's kind of perpetuated and increasingly problematic right now because everything is online right now. Right. The benefit, and this is why, like, you know, when when you talk to people online, well, I want to meet people. I want to, I want to meet more, you know, people involved. And in, you know, okay, well, go to local events. If you have local events, check them out, because not only are you able to meet people, you meet people in one a public environment where there are multiple people, and I guarantee you, if there, it, if there's somebody that's problematic or predatory at one of these events somebody will know about it and you can meet a lot of really good people you should always you know bear in mind your safety and bear in mind your vetting processes and stuff yes but you have a lot less chance of getting taken advantage of in a group in the public setting within the like in a bdsm gathering than you do on your own online Absolutely. So it's like just super important to, to, to try and go to events and it sucks because everything is not, <laughs> we don't have events right now. Um, but you know, it'll, it'll get better, but take your time, talk to people. Don't be afraid to ask questions, you know, like don't be afraid to write into the show with a question. Wink. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I heard just the uh, just the sigh on the other end of the microphone. That was so corny. I'm sorry. <laughs> shall we get yeah. into the questions? Yeah, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, aren't we? Yeah, we're in a fight show. We're supposed to do that. <laughs> okay. So the first question we have is from Cryptid. Pronouns they them. Yes. Um, dear Jazzy and Mimi. Chocolate. Or Nutella. I got to go with chocolate on this one. Because really? like, uh, yeah, no, I know that's surprising, but I feel like chocolate, you know, Especially dark chocolate, like a really classy, high quality dark chocolate is it has this like bitter to it. And I love that so much. Like I can't get enough of just like the the bitter side of chocolate. Mm, so good. Like if you can really like taste the cocoa in it, I, I'm for it. And that's also why I'm a huge fan of like coffee over tea. Because if you make it right, it's just so bitter and so good. And just mm, delicious. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go with C and uh, neither. Ooh, OK. Um, like if I was. It really depends on the situation, because like if I was like saying, which would I rather, you know, have a spread on toast or something? Well, neither. <laughs> if I was 
forced to pick one of the two, I'd probably say Nutella just because I like hazelnuts. Okay. But I'm really not a fan of either. I'm not a big fan of chocolate altogether. Yeah, I know. Okay, heresy. But (laughs) I'm just not, you know. I don't have, like, you know, I'd rather, like, a nice cream cheese. Ooh. Mm, Like, I just... The sweet tooth thing just doesn't... Like, I'd rather make, like, a savory like cheese ball with like some little bits of sweetness to it, like some like dried cranberry in there, but like mix it with some really nice cream cheese and like bacon and, and use that as a spread. I am just, I'm not really, no, I'm not really a fan. Best cream cheese flavor. Got to go with strawberry personally. I mean, if you want to kill me, sure. Oh my God. That's right. I forgot about that. Everybody uh, forgets about that. <laughs> Hell, you know, one of my partners forgot about that on my birthday and then nearly killed me. <laughs> I think you told that story on the show before. I, it's it's such a obscure allergy that it just, I mean, whatever. Like, I'm pretty good about it, but like, okay. <laughs> you know what else is obscure? A little who hates candy, otherwise known as me. I mean, you like chocolate, so does that really count? No, it doesn't. Because chocolate can be done as a gourmet dessert. And candy chocolate, I think, is disgusting. Like that waxy, gross milk chocolate made by the Mars Corporation. I can't do it. Because it just tastes like raw, unfiltered sugar. And it's gross. But if it's, like, chocolate done by, like like an artisan in like a small shop and like, and it's done into a, like a gourmet dessert. It's amazing. But you're eating the wrong kind of candy chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't get it wrong. I, I, I will happily fuck with a Reese's any day of the week, but I'm, I'm just saying I like those, uh, those farm to table Reese's a little bit more, I guess. The best quote unquote candy chocolate is a, I believe it's a German chocolate bar called Milka. Mm-hmm. It is hands down the best chocolate bar you will ever have. Um, I'm not a fan of chocolate. I'm not really like I could, meh. but I will have a Milka bar because they are. I remember I had my very first one, I picked it up in Eisenstadt in Austria. And I remember buying like three of them. And I think I only actually got one of them because I'm, if I remember correctly, I gave one to my best friend and then my chaperone took one, (laughs) (laughs) but she was like, okay, she, this chaperone is bomb.com. She is like, the biggest inspiration in my life. Like she is like the person who got me into vocals. She's the one who got me into opera and like she, she did just so much for my life, you know? Yeah. Um, Now that said, 
she's also good friends with my mom. So like, there's lots of weird stories about me and this teacher now. Cause like I was, you know, living with my parents and upstairs playing guitar hero. And then next thing I know the doorbell rings, I go downstairs, I open up the door and it's my music teacher. And I'm just like, Oh fuck. I'm in pajamas. My music teacher's at my house. And this was significant because, like, in, in high school, this is the music teacher that will make you shit bricks with a single look. Oh, yeah. Like, you're playing in her concert band, and if you fuck up, she'll just look at you, and your heart will drop through your seat. Oh, yeah. She And I, t- I actually told her about this, and she's like, oh, but I'm just a little bunny inside. And I'm like, God <laughs> damn it, woman. On the outside, you're not. <laughs> I, I love this woman to pieces. And I remember, like, and, like, we vibe on this, on, like, we're on the same vibe all the goddamn time. Because, like, she was my high school music teacher. Then she retired, and then... Uh, like she's so cool too like we played thriller in the concert band and she moonwalked onto the stage with a red jacket and a white glove like she's she's that legit but anyway so like she retires and then i find out that my university needs a choir director and i'm like okay well she's like the best music person i know so she needs the job lo and behold she gets the job do you know that um the choir at my school was so lazy that the the council wanted to approve the like wardrobe being just black on black on black on black fine but open collar huh and all this all she wanted to do was like that's really tacky um you're a university choir you should at least be wearing ties and scarves at, yeah. at the very least, this is a university choir for Christ's sake. Like, maybe a nice cafe. Well, like, they just fought her hard. Now, at the time, I was the librarian, so I was on council, and uh, she's just like, guys, no, like, this is a thing that we need to do, and they're fighting her. So I ripped them to shreds and turned around, and I'm like, there are high schools wearing fucking tuxedos in their choirs and you want to go open collar i'm gonna tell you right now you look a mess and if you don't take yourself seriously nobody else is gonna take you seriously so get your shit together good (laughs) and long long story short we ended up with ties (laughs) (laughs) very nice so i just want to say when we were talking about candy uh the fellow Canadians were going off about Milka and real Smarties. I think that's really yeah, cute. fucking right. Real Smarties. Not Hell that yeah. as Gordon Ramsay puts it, the perfect combination between aspartame and chalk, otherwise <laughs> known as your version of Smarties. <laughs> Miss Mimi, what is the next question? <laughs> uh, holy small. Okay, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta put on my old lady readers. Dear Jazzy Waz and (laughs) Mimi Chi. And then it's a picture. It's It's a meme of like the older hobbyists being assholes shooting the noobs and then the older people saying the hobby is dying. So alt text. 
two-panel meme in the first panel, man with the caption, older hobbyists being assholes, points a gun at the seated man with the caption, noobs, in the second panel, prop gun, has gone off and seated man is dead with the gunman saying the hobby is dying. This is from Fonny Wani. Yours truly, sincerely, forever and always. Discuss. Discuss. Uh, for those keeping score at home, this is the Eric Andre shooting Hannibal meme. And I love variations on this. Um, I think this is applicable to pretty much all hobbies that have been around for any length of time. Uh, chiefly fucking warhammer if you go on pretty much any warhammer forum or anything or like literally any forum for anything that has been around for at least like a decade or so and you go on hi i'm new to the thing here's the first thing i made for this hobby whether it be a painting or a model or a fucking lego or literally anything you post up your first creation and people will just fucking dog on you for it looking like shit. And like, do you okay, take constructive criticism? It looks like shit. And it's like, that's not constructive criticism. And then these are the same people will turn around and say, why is the hobby dying? This sucks. And then in the same breath go, all these damn millennials coming into the hobby. This sucks. It's like, you can't have it both ways. And this is relevant to the show because it is so flagrantly true in BDSM because there are so many of these crusty crotchety fucking old guard that are saying all these stupid fucking millennials and zoomers wearing their diapers coming into our club. And like, this is what BDSM is about. And then meanwhile, we're over here. Like this is exactly what BDSM is about. You fucking boomer. It's just so frustrating talking stick, please. I don't know if it's even just that. It's just like, and I mean, okay, so to a degree, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in here with the hot take. Do it. Um, a lot of old guard BDSM folks take things like collars and specific like rule sets that are. Not always spoken or written, but they take them very, very, very seriously. And that's that's fine because, you know, you do you. Um, and there's a lot of folks who are newer or in the newer generations of the BDSM collective who don't necessarily always see it that way. Now, this creates the argument of all these younger generations and, you know, millennials and, and Zoomers coming in, fucking up the BDSM world order and just ruining everything, and now it's dying. Real, as they put it, quote-unquote, real BDSM is dying. Now... To a degree, some of the things that they bring up as points, I would agree with. There is a massive and flagrant disrespect for consent in a lot of 
newer and younger circles and some of it is they don't know better but also is it's not discussed as much as it should be things like collars that's a lot of information like the old guard bdsm stuff they just they know this shit but it doesn't get talked about as much it doesn't get taught it doesn't get explained and so people end up in these shitty situations and it just it doesn't go over well now on some like things like those i agree like consent needs to be so goddamn clear things like collars these are important concepts these are things that we need to know safety holy fuck safety vetting like the number of people who get themselves into situations because they don't know or don't care to know the proper like vetting procedures that shit is the shit that gets overlooked way too much and when they say like real bdsm is dying those aspects of true and form bdsm they're they're getting damaged now, a lot of old guard BDSM also believe in things like you shouldn't talk to another dominance submissive. You should talk to their dominant and ask them permission to speak to their submissive. That's a little bit much for me. I get it in like very high protocol and that's totally cool. And in those situations, sure. But like, like I, I don't want to sound disrespectful because I very much respect the situation. And if that's the protocol for those folks, um, that is 1000% okay. But I do disagree that it should not be the assumed norm. Right. And that's what a lot of old guard folks do is that's the assumed norm. And that's a bit of a problem. And it's very, it, it feels very gatekeeping esque. Mm -hmm. And the problem with it is, is that a lot of the folks who are deep and I'm not like, there are exceptions. There's lots of folks who are really great and want to teach and talk about shit. Like us. But there's, there's a lot of folks that are really deep in the, in the communities that don't want to engage with new people. And it's like, you're, you're creating your own self-fulfilling prophecy. You get mad at people for not knowing these things. You get mad at people for fucking up, but you don't want to take the responsibility to then make them aware. But it's like, it's like complaining about who gets voted into office, but you didn't take the time to vote. Literally. That's what I don't like about it. And I'm not saying that they're completely wrong. Like some of their takes are definitely right and definitely healthy, but there is a line and there is. <sighs> Maybe it sounds like a lot of what you're saying isn't specifically uh, generationally bracketed. It sounds like it's the old guard has a lot of problem with just new blood coming into the scene mm -hmm. at all. It's, it's only generationally bracketed because they targeted a generation's right but because they associate new blood or a lot of folks associate new blood with the younger generations and it's just not true it's true but i also will say potentially a little bit of a hot take folks from older generations um 
because of different types of upbringing that were commonplace, their uh, understanding of like common sense and stuff and things that they would assume is oftentimes different than what we would place as common sense or assume is the norm. Like respecting people's pronouns is extremely common sense to us. It's not common sense to cratchety old people. So it's like, you know, you, you kind of, it's a giant mixing bowl, but you, you know, you get your goods and your bads from everywhere, but there is a distinct lack of education and reasonable access to resources and education about the significance of things. And you know what? I'm going to say it. The new blood, half the time they do it to them fucking selves because they don't care enough to do the actual research and do the work that comes with knowing what's what. They just assume... And a lot of times is gets paired with entitlement. And that's where you get a lot of problems. You got to be willing to do the work. Or you're not going to get anywhere. Because BDSM absolutely is a culture as much, if not more than it being an activity. And what we know is that every culture has its own set of like, social rules and dogma and everything like per every culture and with BDSM being no exception to that. I am only where I am as a caregiver because of two things. I did the work. I did the research. I talked to people. I did the work involved I've also been in it for 10 years. So it does come with time. And I'm lucky that I had a lot of background stuff kind of pulling for me, but I did the work. And I don't like on the harder things like impact stuff or anything that's close to edge play or any of the things that involve any kind of risk to what I do in scenes. I did the work. I talked to people. I learned. I learned how to do it properly. And like one of the ones that gets missed by so many people. And I think I'm going to give a very, very brief touch on this and I will talk about it more in depth at a different time. But one thing when it comes to safety in a scene that, um, way more people than have any right to be forget or ignore is how people breathe. Yes. Um, And I mean that in an anatomical sense because we breathe very specifically. Like I take it. um, I actually know a lot about it from a singing standpoint, Um, but we've got like three very specific kinds of breathing and knowing how to identify those types of breathing by a, a touch or by observing somebody is going to also help you as a dominant to evaluate where they are at safety wise within their, within the scene. And it's so important. And people just, people just don't know. 
Like, you know, I've stopped scenes early because, you know, of breathing issues, not like, you know, they can't breathe, but I've noticed a change in their breathing and I need to either pause things or stop things to make sure they're okay. And, you know, people have asked me after why, and I told them and they never would have thought about it. Mm -hmm. And this is something I think that we probably should talk about, but I don't think we have enough time for me to go into a full Ted talk about how we breathe and why we breathe and the significance of breathing to BDSM scenes right now. (laughs) But touching on anatomy really quick, this is somewhat related. This is kind of going back to like people not understanding consent. And as much as, um, the old guard will harp on new blood for like not knowing concepts like consent. Every invasive, disgusting question I've ever gotten about my body has come from an old guard up to and including the crotchety old couple that was looking at me while I was naked in the dungeon and asked, when am I getting the surgery insinuating my penis? And to which I said, I'm not, I'm very happy with my setup. Thank you. Fuck off. And they're like, oh, oh, she didn't have to be rude about it. And I'm just like, no, fuck you. Not only do people pay to see my vagina, I also like it quite a lot. (laughs) So thank you for attempting to make me feel really fucking dysphoric. Uh, And now you look now you've been made to look like an ass in front of the whole dungeon. So it's just like and that also is like just a weird like consent thing it's just like you don't ask people about their bodies and their like their setups without their consent that's really kind of yucky which is funny because that's something that new blood usually kind of gets because new blood tends to be a bit younger and younger generations tend to be a bit more savvy when it comes to lgbtqia plus stuff yeah Sorry, I I just kind of went off there. We really need to keep this train a chugging. You know what I mean? Clearly, we're passionate about what we talk about. It's almost as if we have a podcast on it. This next question is from Skywalker Ranch. And I honestly don't know if it's a... Dear Jazzy and Mimi, we all know about plastic bag dips. Dips hate that word sorry (laughs) but have you ever tried paperback dips i'm here asking for two hundred thousand for ten percent of my company paper dips pronounced like paper clips and winks at mr wonderful i I, uh i'm going to put on my shark tank voice here that's a fairly 200k for 10 percent is a fairly steep evaluation you just gave your company there uh an evaluation that i think uh doesn't hold water (laughs) thank you thank you please (laughs) people Um, people like my joke please take the talking stick i'm so sorry in in the words of of kevin o'leary i'm out (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i'm out i uh i I don't know what to say to this. <laughs> Literally. It feels like a paper cut waiting to happen. Oh, God. Can you imagine? 
just a paper cut on your fucking grundle all the way down there. Mm-mm. I'm not about that. Paper cut the team. <laughs> the whole chat is just erupting right now. <laughs> Can we please move from this cursed fucking question? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we got a, a question from Cloud Puddles. I am not sure why the second Z in your name is capitalized, but it is. So dear Jad Z. Yes. And uh, Mimi. Could you tell us about a scene you fantasized about, but can't really make a reality? Something so bonkers, but so hot that you can't help but think of it no matter how impossible it still makes you go well now i'm aroused and you just love to see it thanks cloud puddles so you know those locker room communal showers when we were in high school that were in the locker rooms like in the bathrooms no we didn't have those okay you're lucky uh so (laughs) down here in fucking ginky doodle dandyland uh, there are these fucking gross ass showers that they made us use in high school. And they were like communal showers that we used, uh, that we were supposed to use before and after gym class, but no one ever did because they're fucking gross. And the only thing more gross than like a bunch of, a bunch of my peers staring at me, making me feel dysphoric as a teenager was the floor just covered in bacteria. And if you ever wanted to get a planter's wart, that's where you would go get it. It was just crungy and gross. Now, my my scene that I've been wanting, just fantasizing about for years, involves one of those locker rooms that has a fucking lock on the door. I know, amazing concept, right? So just just me in the locker room, locked, so it's just me and I have privacy and the floor is totally clean, free of bacteriums and amoebas that could get into my cerebellum. And I just crank up the showers to just maximum heat and I get it all nice and steamy. <laughs> Funny in the chat, literally so hot. Thank you. So just like get it so just hot and steamy, just maximum heat Oof. on all the showers and in the, this massive room full of just water and heat, I just put a bunch of, I put speckles in there. I put the Puffy Paws wolf in there. And I just put a bunch of fucking giant inflatables in there. Up to and including speckles. Our Lord and Savior, may he be praised forever. Amen. And me just like in padding. And then somehow there's going to be just a whole bunch of, just a whole bunch of like slime in there. People are posting speckles in the chat. Just like everywhere. So there's a lot going on in this scene. I'm pretty sure um, my my whole self would just explode. But yeah, that is uh, that's my that's my wonder scene. You know, I've got like a lot of scenes that I would love to I don't know if I would like want to participate or just watch uh, yeah. mm. it's a hard one like 
Um, gosh. So I'm going to trigger warning this one. Should um, I start a timer? Like give you like five minutes, ten minutes, and then people can tune back in? Yeah. Give me a five-minute timer for this. It's not going to be a super long explanation, but it's a, it's a heavy one. Time so I'm going to give a trigger warning for uh, body mods and, yeah, heavy body mods. We'll just leave it there. If people don't want to hear about that, uh, skip forward five minutes starting right now. So this is inspired by somebody I follow from Australia. This is one of those scenes that I want to watch um, and like be a part of, but not, but almost like one step removed just because it also terrifies the fuck out of me, uh, which is partially why it's so hot. But this person had um, the word toy. Oh, that pick you sent me. Body modded, like vasoconstricted into their body, like a vasoconstrictor here. Like they had layers of skin cut out of their body and then like just scarified this word into their body. And we're not talking just like lines. No, we're talking like bold fucking block letters. Literally bold. And like. I just I I followed them through the recovery and shit and I'm sitting here going holy fuck oh my god but like I also want to be involved not I don't want that on my body thank you but I will pass but I want to be like and this is where like my caregiver sense like just I want to be there I want to help like help their recovery I want to like take care of them but I also like am a massive sadist can I just mention how fucking wholesome that is? So like, I'm like, you see something unbelievably hot and sadistic and wonderful to you. And all you want to do is like change them and give them an ice cream pop. I just, and it's, and I, I it, it like, she told the story about her first shower after it. And it just broke my heart and I'm like, I want to be involved in the scene because I want to, like, make that go away. I want to make that better. Um, so, like, that's kind of one of them. The other one is, like, yes, I did the daycare thing. But I would love to have just, like, a straight-up fucking business where, like, right out of, the, like, a story. Like, you come to Miss Mimi's daycare. Um because you've got problems that need to be rectified and we're just going to start you over. Okay. Um, so you come to miss Mimi's daycare and miss Mimi runs you through a six week program that basically resets you down to wherever you're instructed to be reset down to. And this can be age brackets. This can be wherever. And then we bring you home to your family. And it's like a business that reprograms people. It sounds super illegal and super that sounds, terrible. That sounds super legal if people consent to it and everything. You I might, mean, you might even get that board certified. I mean, 
Um, the whole premise is that the people who are being committed to my institution probably aren't going willingly. Ah, <laughs> they're being in, so are they're you... being sent to me for me to make things better. So because just... either their partners or their uh, situation is not going well, and I make things better for them. So it just... just happens that that making things better always goes with regression and diapers and all the good fun stuff that Miss Mimi is so very good at. So you, so you basically described Mount Calabine, more or less. Sort of. Sort of, but way less intense. Gotcha. I it don't would just have more scarification. <laughs> no, I would not put scarification in there, but I don't, I don't do like, yes, I, I know bits about hypnosis. I'm not a really big fan of using hypnosis for these things. I know a little bit like I'm a very, very big fan of operant conditioning. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's, there's a certain reward to connecting with somebody on such a fundamental level that you can kind of like care and coax them into the position you want them to be in. And then from there you can actually use that care and gentle direction that you give to combine with your very rigid and very consistent operant operant conditioning to then mold them and kind of bring them out of that process how you want them to be the timer just ran up on the trigger warning welcome back everyone so those are my things those are the things that i like to talk about i yeah yeah i'm a mom i'm a i'm a caregiver i'm a mommy i can't help it it's what i do it's what I love. Uh, and you do a really good job at it, too. That's what I've been told. I like to think that this is the case. <laughs> I just I want to I've... see I just want to see the Yelp reviews on like something like Baby Boo Nursery or like any other of the <laughs> ABTL daycares. I just want to see like a Yelp page dedicated to those. I, I haven't had any bad reviews. So I, think <laughs> I think I'm doing OK. Actually, my um, one of my exes said that I they they went through a lot of struggles when we were together, like a lot of medical issues and a lot of like really like heavy duty struggles. But I think one of the best compliments I've ever been given is that even when they were in their darkest moments, they always felt they could rely on me and that I had their back and they were cared for. Mm-hmm. And. I don't, I don't know that I can like, it's the best compliment that I've ever been given because honestly people go through shit. People can go through shit. We, we, we engage in this type of play and, but we're all adults. At least we should be, um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, and we go through real life shit. And the thing that I have strived for and always want, no matter what the situation is, in the dynamic, out to the dynamic, I want to always make sure I can create an atmosphere where 
people who um, get that care from me mm-hmm. always feel that no matter what they're going through, there is always a place in my arms for them. Oh. There is always a place. They don't even have to say anything. They can just be there and sit or they can cry or they can do whatever they need to do. And I will do whatever they need me to do to help. But to just that, that, that very specific knowing that somebody is there no matter what is like the most powerful thing that a caregiver can do for somebody. And that is what I want to give to the people that I give my care to, you know, like, yeah. And that's where all of the other stuff comes from. Like that's where these, these, these scenes that, you know, um, that we just talked about comes from. That's where my relationships comes from in my dynamics. That's it's just, it's, it's a fundamental part of my being. And, you know, I just, I'm I'm glad that I've had enough reviews that are positive to tell me that I do a good job because I'm fairly certain that if I wasn't doing a good job of that, it would probably crush me. Right. (laughs) Anyway, I'm getting off the soapbox because that's a lot of information about me that I didn't know I was going to divulge today. <laughs> no, Dear Jazzy brings out the best in all of us, I like to think. <laughs> I, it, I like to think. Okay, so we got more questions. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, we do. We got we to gotta pick this shit up. <laughs> all right, so this is from Sluggy. Wait, is that the next one? It is the next one. Okay, so this yeah. is from Sluggy. Dear Jazzy and Miss Mimi, with the holidays coming up, some of us may be forced to deal with not-so-cheery family members. Can you give us some tips to avoid toxic family members and talk about fun activities you can do with your chosen family members that may be out of town? This right. is from Sluggy Wuggy Pajama Buggy. Ready for this? Fuck them. They don't owe you shit. And you don't owe them shit. Fuck them. If fucking Uncle Billy wants to be a flaming racist, uh, you can make a positive experience out of it by taking away from that experience. Just like, and you go to your friends and you're like, hey, guess what this crazy fucking boomer did at the family reunion? And also, it's just like, with covid a lot of us have really good excuses not to go around toxic family members that's one of the few good things to come from this pandemic is like you have like a built-in excuse like a get out of jail free card this year to get out of family obligations and if you live with them it's a little bit different but also the i i the the, the best thing the best thing for your toolbox in dealing with family is just fuck them. You don't owe them anything, especially if they're like racist or homophobic or just any ism or ist or anything like that. I feel like Mimi is about to drop some hard fucking knowledge on us. And like, 
that's all I have to say on that one, because thankfully my family is pretty cool and I don't really have to deal with a lot of that. So I'm just going to talking stick the fuck out of this one. I just I just punched my keyboard and it hurt. You, you can hear those gears turning, huh? It's, it, I can. I can hear them through the ether. It, it's such a. It's such a tricky topic because. On the one hand, we have if OK. A lot of this is going to be framed in the point of view that you have the ability and you have the means that you're not relying on your family that may be problematic. Right. I know that there are, are, are folks living at home, you know, who may or may not be kind of in situations with their family where things are kind of unavoidable. Which if you're listening to this show at home and with your family and you can't really leave that situation, not only are you really brave, but also we're here for you and we love you. So I'm going to go at this from the point of view, if you have an out and then I'm going to double back and comment on the general things that I said, and I'm going to relate it to if you are stuck at home. Um, boundaries. I swear to God, more than anything is the importance of trying and being able to set your boundaries. Now, like, here's the thing. If you have to, um, like, let's, let's say for me, like as an example, right, I'm going to be going back home to my family for Christmas. Ideally, that's the plan. Um, so, you know, that's a seven and a half hour drive for me ish. And, you know, I am very fortunate that my folks are, they're pretty good. They try. And that's the big thing. They try. Um, and they try really hard and succeed 95% of the time. There's slip ups, but slip ups happen anyway. Um, the main thing I can say is assert your boundaries, but always give yourself an out. So like for me, I have a lot of friends that live up where I'm going. I have all uh, shit. I work for like, I can get a hotel if I have to, but don't be afraid to take the out if you have to. So like, you know, let's say you go and you're transitioning and your family is not supportive or whatever, and they're really on your case about it. So you set your boundary and say, you know, like, this is the, this is who I am. And if you can't accept that, then we're going to have problems and I'm not going to stay. Like for me, if I was in that situation with my folks, if and I keep this because like if I go home and shit gets real and I and it is to the point where I don't want to be there, I'll walk out. I'll just grab my keys, grab my stuff, put it in the car and leave. I don't have to stay there. Now, that's not always possible if you live at home 
or like you're going out of town and maybe you don't have anywhere else to go. Give yourself a place that is just yours. Um, like even if it's the bathroom, if you are in a situation and you need space, find a place that you can be by yourself and uh, like try and create that balance and that separation because the separation is going to be good. And no matter what, have people you can talk to, whether it's by text, by phone call, whatever the case may be. Have somebody you can get a hold of if you need support. These things kind of all play in together. You want to, you know, have your support web. You want to have your boundaries. You want to have your space if you need it. And those are all things. And I can't stress this enough. Do not be afraid to use those outs if you have them and you need to use them. Nothing sends a clearer message to the people who are fucking up than you just saying, nope, I'm out, fuck off, and you walk away. Mm -hmm. Nothing will send a clearer message. Now, I'm going to go to a slight extreme. If you decide to, say, choose a bathroom as your space or somewhere where you can lock the door, that's very important. Having a door that can lock in wherever you choose for space, super, super good because then you actually have the space. But like they they can't come in. Let's just go to the extreme. Let's say they force their way in. You can call the fucking police because that is not good and not okay. And as far as you can be concerned, like them breaking in, you know, that's like legitimate fear. And that's legitimate fear of danger. And you can call the police if you have to. And if you it, think they'll listen to you because cops are really bad about situations. Agreed. Um, I'm just more so just trying to present things to be aware of. The biggest advice I can, I can give anybody in that situation is give yourself boundaries. Try as hard as you can to give yourself an out. Even if it's a friend that you can stay with, if things go south, you know, like, and then as far as like things to do with chosen family, anything that makes you happy, anything that brings you comfort, things that you guys enjoy doing together. Because the quality of a family is not decided by what you do, but the enjoyment you get out of doing it together. Indeed. That's all I got. That's good. I'm sorry if you heard me tippy typing in the background. I was asking, I was asking Gray to turn down the heat because it, it is just like balls hot in here in Casa de Starshine. <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. A hundred percent boundaries are, I think what really could get you through the holidays and everything. 
Should we I do... told. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I have told people that if they can't get on board with boundary X, Y, or Z, that I will walk out. Just straight up leave. And they didn't believe me until I did it, and then they felt real stupid. <laughs> Miss Mimi, so, what is the last question? This is from Jamie Bell, who apparently is waiting for Domino's to arrive. Dear Jazzy and Mimi, what are the most creative ways... Y'all can think of to compliment someone's butt. Huh. Does it have to be covert? Or can it be just like, like, well, it says creative. So I'm guessing that gives us like free reign to just like really like to really just like haul off and compliment each other's asses. Oh, she's typing. I, th- I feel like we're about to get some clarification on this question. Let's see. Free range ass complimenting. Okay. Uh, hmm. So I got one for sure. Go for it. And the best part about this one is it's so versatile because you can customize it however you want. And I'm going to ask a question to the live chat. Who knows Mad TV? (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know Mad TV, you're probably not old enough to be listening. So indeed. Can you imagine like full consent? Somebody coming up and go, excuse me. But your butt is ridiculous. (laughs) And that's it. You can just customize that however you want. Nice. <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't get the reference, um, that's a reference to the Mad TV scene. Can I have your number? The back of your hair is ridiculous. The back of your head is ridiculous. Yes. Where your boyfriend at? Is he coming back? Is he tall? Is he husky? You like Mike and Ike's? God, that, that sketch was the... F- all the fucking rage <laughs> when I was in high school. You can ch- change up the words for butt. You can like, you can add like some like adjectives and shit. You just gotta be like, the blank is ridiculous. I think by far my favorite reference way to compliment someone's ass is just going up to them and saying, with consent, obviously, and just saying, I just want to eat that booty like groceries. And just boom, there it is. The power play. Exodia has been summoned. That's the end game. You went up and you not only complimented them, but stated your intent. You want to eat that ass like groceries. That's it. That's the whole fucking power statement right then and there. Either that or you could quote some lyrics from WAP to them. I feel like that would also be valid. Now, with consent, you walk up right behind them and you give them like not a full smack, but like not something like light. You just give them a really firm, just like whack and grab and be like, Mm. oh, yeah, just just a spank with a following grab. Just like 
refusing to let go and just like grabbing that fucking boot, just palming it like a basketball, just like right up in there. And you just go nice up in their ear. Or if they're your submissive and you really want to have fun, you go there, you do the same thing and you lean up in their ear and you go mine. Oh God. So fucking good. And just like watch them melt. Watch the shivers. We also mm-hmm. do that with my collar where daddy will do a little like tug tug and just go mine. And it's just like, oh, God, it just gets me so or, fucking wet so fast. Or you could do the like you could do the, the, the Mimi version and be like, oh, honey, your face is so cute when it blushes. I love making your cheek blush. Of course, I mean oh. both sets. Oh, both set of cheeks. I think another great way to compliment someone's ass is just do a, a uh, an ass worship scene. Body worship is like such a good, awesome kink. And booty worship in particular is just fucking fantastic. Just don't. Okay. And I'm going to flip this like. If you don't sing the big booty bitches song to them, not the hood classic. No, but it's a classic. There There are so many more ways that are just so much hotter and so much better to compliment somebody's booty than to sing big booty bitches. No, maybe in this podcast, we stand big booty bitches. Yes. I but love me also... some big booty bitches, as a matter of fact. And big booty bros. Mm-hmm. 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 I hear you. I hear you. But there's just better ways. But honestly, men with cakes. Mm. Manja. So fucking good. Oh, oh, daddy's typing. He's an ass man, so I knew he'd be typing up into this into this little section I always get he just installed discord on his computer so he's been more active lately and I just get so hype he's about to drop some fucking truth bombs on us clap those cheeks though clap them cheeks he's still typing this is uh, more reason why everyone needs to join in our Discord server so you can get part of... Okay, uh, Daddy Gray says, I'm personally a fan of coming up behind, giving that booty a clap, then a grab, parents. It's a one-two-hit combo, like a Tekken combo, close parents. And then whispering essentially in the ear, give me that ass. Kind of like a growl works every time. And that is true. I'll confirm that. Spoken from an ass man himself. <laughs> Someone just threw the nice react on there. And that is the best way to compliment someone's ass. Uh, I think we only have one more. Uh, it's not a question. It's more of a statement. Would you like to read it before we close out the show? Garbo. Garbo. Miss Mimi, where can people find you? You can find me on SoundCloud. 
soundcloud.com backslash miss mimi's lullabies yes i still have commissions open somebody please buy one for the love of god (laughs) please they're not well okay they're not cheap but i'm giving good discounts to people and they're customized and they're pretty and just at least really good i'm gonna be releasing I'm releasing the album probably sometime very early next year if I can get shit done. So hell yeah, hell yeah. If you don't want to buy that, just buy the album or just just, just do. I don't know. I don't want to put pressure, but like it would mean a lot to me. I want to like actually get albums out there and we could probably record, we could put the, the albums re- on adultswithguys.com. Probably the recording like quality varies from piece to piece because I did this thing with like found sound and like I've on some tracks I've been, I've like intentionally put static behind or like when I recorded one in my church, I purposely recorded over the like church humidifier. So you get this like breezy static in the background because like every single one of the pieces that I've done has like a story behind it. And like the way you're supposed to like, listen to this album is you're supposed to kind of sit down and read some of these like explanations of each of these pieces and then just kind of like sit back with your eyes closed and just listen and just kind of let that image and sound just kind of envelop your mind it sounds like you're supposed to enjoy it like a fine wine yeah that's exactly it that's the vibe i just got from it it's probably not that marketable but like but it's yours and that's what matters. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> yes, it, it is mine. Uh, and then you're also it'll on Twitter. Be, I'm on Twitter. Do you remember what my handle is? At B E L E N A C H T. And that's spelled that's, Belnacht. That's me. You can find me there. But I will let everybody know because this has been happening way too goddamn much. If you are new and you want to follow me, if you do not have an age or something saying like no minors in King or 18 plus or some indicative thing that you are not a minor, I swear to Christ, I will block you instantly. (laughs) Yep. No question. So... Just please be aware of that. Talking stick. Talking stick. Okay, I think that's the first time you've ever, like, explicitly given me the talking stick. But I have been Jasmine Starshine. You can find me on Twitter at at LilJazzyBaby. That's, like, my primary social media of choice. I'm also on Discord. Uh, That is at Jasmine Starshine, number 0001. Uh, Other than that... All of my links, I almost said all my kinks, but all my links are up on at oddswithgod.com. That's where my link tree is. That's where all of Miss Mimi's links are. That's where our merch store is. I haven't been plugging the merch store a whole lot. You should totally do that. And also, that's where you can check out Camp Buddy, which I also neglected to put in the show notes. But that is a visual novel that we've been hyping up, and they throw us some money in response so thank you again bl it's games please check that out if you're in the market for a new visual novel um you can find our affiliate links on the website you can find our merch store you can find our patreon where you can get nudes of me and my naked body to support the show 
please help us out in that regard. <sighs> I think that's everything. I just got to swallow my spit before I can do less but not least. Dear Jazzy is an at oddswithgod.com production. Please visit us online at at oddswithgod.com. That's one of the first times I fucked that up. You can find our Patreon. You can find Miss Mimi's Lullabies. You can find my links. You can find our everything. And I have been Jasmine Starshine. You okay there? Yeah, I'm great. You Thanks sure? for asking. Yeah, you, perfect. You sure? I that was, a, Jas- big, that was a big gulp of air. Thank you. I've been Jasmine Starshine. I'm Miss Mimi, and Jazzy's a baby. Yes. What? <laughs> what? Uh, Good night, everybody. What? You can't just... Uh, <laughs>